0: My dear brothers and sisters, I am grateful for the privilege of speaking with you on this Easter Sunday. Not as grateful as I am. This morning we have heard from church leaders who come from every populated continent on earth. And from none of the unpopulated ones. The church of Jesus Christ is a global church. Jesus Christ is our leader.
1: Like if we were the Avengers, Jesus Christ would be Iron Man.
0: No other message can eliminate contention in our society. Because promoting contention is bad. Make note of that. The answer to each of your challenges is to increase your faith. That takes work. Lazy learners, lazy learners and lax disciples will always struggle to muster even a particle
1: of faith. Now, you remember the 13 particles of faith, right? They're the different particles that make up the whole. Okay.
0: May I offer five suggestions to help you develop that faith and trust? You, you can, but I might mock them. Only your unbelief will keep God from blessing you with miracles to move the mountains in your life. So I'm more powerful than God, am I? Mm. Gotcha. If you have doubts about God the Father and his beloved Son, or the validity of the restoration, (coughs) or the veracity of Joseph Smith's divine calling as a prophet, choose to believe and stay faithful. Oh, is it that simple? I just have to choose it? Well, all right, let's give it a shot. Study with a desire to believe Rather than with the hope that you can find a flaw in the fabric of a prophet's life.
2: Okay, but what
1: happens if I study with the hope of believing, but then I do find a flaw without
0: hoping to find it? What about then? What about then, huh? What about then? Stop increasing your doubts by rehearsing them with other doubters. All right, what should I be rehearsing instead? Self righteousness?
1: This is Infants on Thrones. Baby steps. You want someone to preach to you? The philosophies of men. I like magical toys. What religion do you? Mingled with humor. I don't believe in them. There will be many willing to preach to you the philosophies of men mingled with, with humor. We are evolving. Baby steps. You can buy anything. This world of money.
3: the good in everything. Look for the people who will set your soul free. It always seems impossible until it's done. Look for the good in everyone.
1: Alright. Welcome back to Infants on Thrones. I'm Glenn Ostland and this is episode 723. F- How to Be a Faithful Lazy Learner, A Heartfelt Response to President Russell M. Nelson.
3: I don't mind. Think that
1: crazy. And I really do, by the way, You know, running everywhere at such a speed till they find there's no need. Anyway, today I sit down to channel my inner Russell M. Nelson, and this is the first time I'm trying this out, so be kind. To respond to his recent conference talk and make a heartfelt attempt to both mock and sustain the Lord's anointed without fomenting anger, huh? So let's see how well I pull this off, shall we? And if you like this episode and you like the direction that I'm taking the podcast, please come and support me on Patreon. Now, I actually need your help right now more than I ever have in the course of this podcast. So if this podcast is meaningful to you, and if you can spare a couple of dollars a month to say, thank you, Glenn, for the time and energy that you put into making this podcast, please come and support me on Patreon. And if you're interested in either one-on-one or group coaching to make some changes in your life, email me at infantsonthrones at gmail.com and we can set up a free 30-minute consultation. And now I give you a mini general conference sort of episode where we will first be addressed by President Russell M. Nelson, prophet, seer, and revelator of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, not the Mormons. After which, we will be pleased to hear From me, some dude who makes a podcast. Enjoy. Dear brothers and sisters, I'm seriously stoked to be standing so safely and so self-quarantined and so self-righteously before you today. It may sound strange for a submissive servant of our celestially resurrected Savior, to suggest, yea, even to admit to his own self-righteousness, but I've earned it, brothers and sisters, and so can you, by being super-duper righteous, more righteous than those who are not righteous. And that's really the message I want to share with you on this glorious Easter morning. This morning, we have heard from church leaders who come from every populated continent on the Earth. There are a few church leaders from some of the unpopulated continents on the Earth, as well as a few populated continents on Mars who couldn't make it. But somehow, just the fact that they exist, even if only in my own self-righteous imagination, Well, that just makes it so much more clear what a great and marvelous work and wonder this is. So, for those of you who thought that church leaders couldn't populate an unpopulated continent, or that their very populating of that unpopulated continent would somehow make it a populated continent instead of unpopulated, think again. With the Lord, nothing is impossible. This isn't brain surgery, people. So let me say something. Jesus is awesome. He is the leader of our church, for reals. I'm not just saying that. Jesus really leads us. And I don't just mean the way that we imagine Jesus in our minds, what we think he would say if he were here. I mean the real, actual Jesus who really actually leads this church and the gospel of jesus christ is exactly what is needed in this confused contentious and weary world do you know what isn't needed more confusion more weariness more contention contention is defined as discord strife disharmony, argument, dissension. Contention often accompanies a struggle to superimpose superiority between competing groups and ideologies. Contention is divisiveness. Contention is highlighting and promoting conflict. Contention is vilifying others. Contention is of the devil, right? And our church is led by Jesus, like I just said a little while ago, like for reals, right? (laughs) So you won't find any contention here, will you, brothers and sisters? You won't find any superimposed superiority or highlighting or promoting of conflict or of vilifying others under the leadership of our sacred Lord and Savior. So, on that note, let's talk about lazy learners and lax disciples for a minute, because there's nothing contentious that could possibly come from that. Trust me, I'm a prophet, you guys. I can anticipate these things with the best of them. It's not brain surgery, you know. So, lazy learners, they really suck, right? They suck the happiness right out of their own faithless lives because they always struggle to muster even a particle of faith. What are the particles of faith? Well, that's easy. There are 13 particles of faith. One, we believe in God, the eternal something, something. That's the first particle of faith. Two, We believe that man is guilty, yada, yada. That's the second particle of faith, and so on, up to, like I said, there's 13. Lazy learners struggle to muster any of them, and faith is often likened to that of a muster seed. So lazy learners are simply just missing the boat on that one. To do anything well requires effort, unless, of course, you're simply gifted at what you do and can succeed without really even trying. Like, maybe you can be really good at being self-righteous without even trying, but may I suggest, may I offer five suggestions to help you become the most self-righteous disciple that you can possibly be. First... (coughs) Study study the scriptures and learn of the doctrine of Christ And turn a blind eye when you see any church leader Violating anything that you have studied in the scriptures Because we don't want you to do that God is all-powerful He can do anything And he wants to bless you, brothers and sisters He wants to with his whole heart But he can only do that if you let him That's how powerful he is. Because something as simple as your unbelief can keep all-powerful God from blessing you the way that he wants to. So don't overpower God in a lazy arm-wrestling contest. He is all-powerful, and he will not be able to withstand your disbelief. Second, choose to believe in Jesus Christ. Just choose it, you guys. In the course of your studies, you may have learned that the Egyptian translations that are printed in the facsimiles of our modern-day Pearl of Great Price do not actually say what our beloved Prophet Joseph Smith said that they actually said, but choose to believe Joseph Smith anyway. In the course of your studies, you may have learned that our beloved Prophet Joseph Smith lied to his wife Emma about the number of young girls he was propositioning and sleeping with under threat of a flaming angel with a sharpened sword or something like that. Just choose to not be creeped out by it. In the course of your studies, you may have learned that Brigham Young taught from this very pulpit that what Jesus really meant when he said, Love one another, is that some sins are so unforgivable that they require a shedding of blood to atone for. Will you, brothers and sisters, be willing to shed the blood of such a sinful neighbor as an ultimate act of love? You may have found a number of offensive things that the prophet Brigham Young said in his day. Just choose to ignore all of that. We do. Cause what good is finding flaws in the fabric of a prophet's life? That's not going to keep our stranglehold of authority around your spiritual necks, is it? Stop increasing your doubts by rehearsing them with other doubters. Instead, start increasing your self-righteousness by rehearsing your self-righteousness with those who the Lord really loves. Third, act in faith. Faith, 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 and faith, faith, faith forth partake of sacred ordinances worthily ordinances unlock the power of god yeah i know i just said it i said it out loud i totally just subjugated the power of god to mormon ordinances because jesus did that whole atonement thing to save you all from sin and death pretty powerful stuff Pretty, pretty powerful. But you can only access that power and that gift if we unlock it for you with our priesthood powers. So don't think that God will just save you from sin and death just because he loves you and doesn't want you to suffer. This is about obedience and compliance, people. Otherwise, what is this all really about? I would pretty much be out of a job, and why would anyone pay tithing to the church if God just saved everybody willy-nilly? So, obviously, that can't be how it is. And fifth, ask your Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, for help. And if you don't get that help, well, that's on you. It means you didn't do one of these steps the right way, so keep trying until you do That is the way to become a non-lazy, non-lax, super-duper self-righteous savior on Mount Cheyenne. Now, a non-believer might say that faith is for the weak, but that would be like a prophet of the Lord saying that lack of faith is caused by lazy learning, and that would just be contentious and wrong. Because... Would Joseph Smith have suffered martyrdom if he didn't know with assuredness that the church was true? He wasn't just killed because he was doing bad things. So, in closing, brothers and sisters, my plea to you is to do the work of manufacturing a sense of certainty about the truthfulness of this church. Don't even consider anything that might make you question that certainty— Call that manufactured certainty faith, and then feel the well-earned sense of superiority that comes when you see that you are a hard-working, well-done-my-good-and-faithful-servant kind of faithful servant who is both good and faithful. This is the path to self-righteous freedom, the freedom from any sense of ever possibly being wrong about anything, ever, and these things I self righteously speak and dispute and say in front of you with so much fervor in my being that I'm just gonna leave it at that, amen.
4: Hey, I I have a few things I wanna say before can I can I come back for a minute, please? Please. Can I come back, please? <coughs> Sorry, I, I, I think I have a, a frog in my throat. Beware of the sin of ponderbation. Ponderbation is an all-too-common sin among the youth these days. It happens when they thinkify themselves out of the church, when they give in to their own imaginations and act in solitude, when they think that neither God nor angels nor any witnesses are witnessifying him, and they ejaculate themselves from the Lord's work, voluntarily walking the path of apostatotenefici. It all starts with ponderation, which is never acceptable. Because it speeds up the little factorinuses. That's all I have to say. You can put me back now. Amen.
3: Did at the veil expound Where Father Elohim Took earthly form And Mother Eve's sweet ass did pound And then nailed again sweet Mary For a Savior to conceive Can we just pretend that never was part of doctrinal history. And that whole less valiant soldiers thing in that whole pre-mortal war that kept racist doctrines alive and well and make us elitist to the core. Patriarchy, institutionalized white male privilege. Can we just pretend all of that's not there or makes no difference if it is? Cause we're just all about our families now, and of being nice and clean, and of helping those who help us, too, who we see at our weekly church meetings. Because those weird, backwards, unethical beliefs are way behind us now just want to be the world's best friend, and we'll keep believing only normal things until Jesus comes again.
1: My dear brothers and sisters, <coughs> it's such an honor for me to be able to stand up here next to President Russell M. Nelson and deliver a talk here in this congregation. I'm not... <laughs> I'm not really prepared. I didn't write this down. I'm certainly not reading from a prompt. I'm not really sure what I'm going to say, but I'd like to respond to a few things here. Uh, First of all, this lazy learner thing, because I know that this upset a lot of people. And to those of you who would upset, I want to say, yeah, that sucks, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, doesn't it suck that somebody who doesn't really know you doesn't really understand you is making judgments about you that are negative and pejorative? Doesn't it suck that he's saying things that make your family and friends think that you're somehow less than what you actually are? It sucks. Because you're probably not a lazy learner. That's probably not why you doubt it. The reason you started doubting, I mean, if you're like me, it's probably because you wanted to learn more, and you started to learn more, and the things that you were learning started showing some of the cracks in the narrative, in the story. Now, it's really easy to look at those cracks, and to get angry, to be angry, to stay angry. And for those of you who are in that anger phase, I respect you for who you are, where you are, what you're feeling. I want to talk to you a little bit about what's on the other side. For me, at least. What I've experienced. And I want to say something to President Nelson. I sustain you. I really do. It's kind of hard for me to do the... Uh, well, it's kind of hard and kind of fun, I'll be honest. <laughs> but I don't particularly like making fun of you and your speech impediment. But I love that you sound like Gopher from Winnie the
2: Pooh. That's a He's...
1: So it's done out of a spirit of absolute love and adoration. (laughs) And I really like you, actually. I really do like you. I think what you said about lazy learning here isn't helpful. I think it's divisive. And I think it is contentious. And when you're pointing out that you don't want contention in the world and you don't want contention in your church, why foment it? Why do you keep spreading things that are going to divide people? You really don't have any threat. There's really nothing to worry about. So I want to riff for a minute on those five things that you suggested, President Nilsson. The first one was to study. The second one was to choose to believe in Jesus Christ. The third (laughs) was to act in faith. The fourth was partake of sacred ordinances worthily. And the fifth is to ask your Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus Christ for help. I really like that you started with study. I think that's so important. And fun. Isn't it fun? (laughs) to learn new things I mean most of the time it's fun I mean it's almost always fun sometimes you, you learn things that call into question things that you used to think that you knew with certainty and when that happens it's not necessarily so fun but isn't it great to be able to correct yourself to be able to say oh I thought that it was this way then I learned something I realized now it's this way cool And isn't there a part of you that's kind of like Lehi in the Book of Mormon taking that fruit from the tree of life and saying, oh, I've tasted this. This is delicious. I want to share this with other people. That's how I feel. And I agree. It all starts with studying. It all starts with learning. And there's so much out there to learn. There's so many things to learn from. Here's one of the things that I've learned that has been really valuable to me. Anytime anybody's telling you anything, it may sound And and maybe I'm doing this right now. It may sound like I'm telling you how things are. This is how the world is. But all I'm really doing is telling you what I think, (laughs) what I see, the limits of my understanding. And I'm projecting that outwards. So anytime anybody's saying anything to me now, rather than listening to them thinking, oh, they're telling me about how things are, I'm like, okay, this is who this person is. They're revealing themselves to me. And that's been a really interesting shift in the way that I engage with people because I don't feel like my truth or their truth is being argued for supremacy of ideas. It's more like, where is it that I've come to understand this and I'm missing something? And where is it that the other person's come to understand something? They're missing something. But there's always this default position that I have always that I don't have the full picture at any point. I mean, if, if, if science and history have taught us anything, it's that anytime there's new information, it might not be known for hundreds of years, but then it comes up and boom, it changes everything. So you've got to keep some humility in the stories about what's going on, how the world is, because it could change. It could change in a, in a moment with new, better information. So don't get so rigid. So I like what you're saying, study learn and definitely start with the scriptures for sure. Start with the scriptures. But you know, when I, when I was a Mormon and I'm still a Mormon, but when I was a believing, attending Mormon, (coughs) I was really interested in why people left. I really wanted to know. I wanted to understand their stories. I wanted to know what, what did they learn that I don't know? Do they, is there something that they know that I don't know? So that was part of my studying, my step one. And you might say, well, that was a dangerous. That's where you went wrong, Brother Ostland. Maybe, but I don't think that I've gone wrong. So anyway, I, I want to validate that first step, study. Yeah, study and have the courage to follow your own integrity and where it is that you think this information is taking you. Study with integrity. Two, choose to believe in Jesus Christ. Well, that's a tricky one, isn't it? That's a really, really tricky one. I mean, there's this, this whole question of whether you can actually choose to believe. I mean, you, you might be able to choose to act contrary to your belief, but there's this thing called cognitive dissonance. And that's where you hold a belief, but it's been disconfirmed. And you can't deal with that. You can't deal with the fact that your belief isn't what you believed it to be. So, you keep holding on to this belief. You do things to try to, you know, anything you can to hold on to it. The, the term cognitive uh, dissonance came from Le- Leon Festinger in a book called When Prophecy Fails. I need to read this book again. It's, it's been years since I've read When Prophecy Fails. It's so interesting because it follows this UFO cult in the 1950s. And Leon Festinger was some kind of a therapist or he was something, <laughs> he studied people. <laughs> And he infiltrated very unethically. <laughs> he infiltrated this UFO group and recorded what they did. And this was where they were channeling intelligent life, which you're going to hear on some episodes of Infants on Thrones coming up. Some, <laughs> some things about people who are channeling extraterrestrial intelligence. It's not that different than Joseph Smith getting uh, messages from angels. But anyway... This group was being told that the world was going to end at a certain day and time, and the day and time came, and the world didn't end. So this was the prophecy that failed. That's why the book's called When Prophecy Fails. So what, what do you expect a group would do <laughs> when they're told, this is what's going to happen, this is your belief, and they really commit to it, they really commit to it, they invest so much in it, and then it fails. They just go, okay, I guess it wasn't true, time to do something else. No, that's not human nature. What they did was they went out and they proselyted. First of all, they got another revelation from the extraterrestrial intelligence saying, oh, well, actually, it's going to be this day and time. Yeah, there were some things that happened that you know, moved the timeline. So, yeah, now it's this date and time. So what the people in the group did was they went out and they recruited more members. Because if you can get other people to believe it, then that's more validation for you believing it. And that's a way of dealing with cognitive dissonance. So can you just choose to believe in something that you don't believe in? You can choose to act in ways to support a belief, but if you really don't believe it anymore, you're really just fooling yourself. And I know from experience how painful that can be. I I was in that place for a long time in the church things that I didn't believe anymore, but I didn't want to offend people. And so I acted like I believed them and yada, yada, yada. So choosing to believe in Christ, I don't even know if that's something that's possible to do. Maybe over a series of steps, like you're choosing, like basically what you're telling people here is don't ever introduce any ideas into your mind that might erode your belief. Don't do anything that's going to make you doubt. And that That in itself, avoiding those things, is, I suppose, a way of choosing to maintain your belief and not introduce anything that's going to challenge it. But I don't know about the second part of yours here. That's why I kind of took some swings at it with uh, (laughs) some experience of mine. Choose to believe things. Choose to unhear. Choose to just squeeze that toothpaste back into the tube after you've squeezed it out. It's not that simple. All right, three, act in faith. This was funny because you didn't even elaborate on it. <laughs> you just like act in faith by acting in faith. Okay. All right. So what does that mean to act in faith? You know, th- th- this is an area where I think I take issue with several of my ex-Mormon friends and colleagues over the years who have made these very strident, bombastic <coughs> statements that they don't. Engage in faith anymore? <laughs> they 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 don't hold beliefs anymore. I, I I don't know how that's possible. I don't know how it's possible to to even even believing in the Big Bang as the explanation for how the universe came into being, or if I'm listening to theoretical physicist Brian Greene in Fabric of the Cosmos explain quantum mechanics or explain. <laughs> the multiverse or, or you know any, any of these things I, I i don't know his math i can't go in and do that I, I can listen to david tong talk about the quantum field energy and how every electron is connected to every other electron and it's all just one sea of energy in the universe <coughs> and he's got these mathematical formulas that show here this is how we know this and i've watched the lecture on youtube he He's got data. It's peer-reviewed. I I can't do that for myself. I have to take on faith that what he's saying and what these other people with peer-reviewed, that this is the most accurate explanation of any that's being offered right now until something better is put forward. So faith is always something that we're acting in because we never, ever, 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 ever have certainty in really anything, do we? So acting in faith... We're always acting in faith. There's always some trust. We're we're trusting things that we don't. We haven't been able to directly confirm for ourselves. So, I don't know how you can avoid acting in faith. Uh, I, I think it would just. What I would say here is acknowledge that you're doing it, and don't don't fall into that black and white us versus them trap of saying. When I was a stupid TBM, I was faithful, but now I'm grown up and I'm not faithful. And I don't, I don't play with faith anymore. I'm too smart for that. Mm. I don't know. I think that's fooling yourself. Number four, partake of sacred ordinances worthily. Oh, brother. You know, this is one of those things that <laughs> as, I was, as I was studying, 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 and I was trying to understand... Why is it, who is God? You know, this is this is back as I was going through my faith crisis, and I was trying to understand why would a God allow someone to suffer? Why, when when my wife would come to me and say, our child is sick and needs a blessing, hurry and do it, or they're going to get really sick. And I would think, if God is watching this, and God doesn't want the child to be sick, God can heal. It doesn't need me to go and do it. Like, oh, I need to exercise my faith. There's just so many things like that that, Didn't really make sense to me. And then you're telling me that I'm the one that controls where God is going to bless? I'm the one that's in charge of God's power, whether it's going to be applied or not? So the whole atonement is dormant until we activate it with the Mormon priesthood? That seemed to me like the definition of hubris. And I just went, I I can't do that anymore. And then I couldn't choose to not see it as hubris (laughs) after that point. Once... Once I saw that, I couldn't unsee it. So partake of sacred ordinances worthily. I don't know. And then the other part of that is the worthily, you know, as as if you're going to take the sacrament, but do it unworthily. And so it's like drinking the wrong goblet you chose poorly from Indiana Jones and the quest for the Holy Grail nope, sorry, you're going to wither up and die because you partook of this water unworthily, and now Satan's got you, and man, God wanted you, but you just kind of, there's nothing he can do. There's nothing he can do now. You did it unworthily, and so, uh, yeah. All right, number five, ask your Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus Christ for help. (sighs) I want to go back to validating you, President Nelson, because I appreciate that you're encouraging people to ask for help. I really do. And whether it's asking your Heavenly Father for help, or it's asking other people, your family and friends, for help, I think it's important. It's important to ask for help when you need help. And the more I've been learning about the nature of the brain, the more I've been thinking (laughs) that the symbols of God and angels and spirits and extraterrestrial intelligences and you name it, inner self, higher self, true self, it's all a reference to the unconscious mind. Because if I think about my brain as being a collection of electronic neurons, bioelectronic neurons that are firing and synapses. And it's just, it's like (laughs) many years ago when I was living in Indiana, we would get fireflies in the summer. It was really humid. And uh, there was this little forest just from our house. And I was walking across this bridge at night. It had just gotten dark. And I I looked into this forest and I could just (laughs) see like thousands of fireflies blinking on and off. It was one of those magical things that I've ever seen. If I was able to go inside of my brain, just like one, one speck of sand worth of gray matter would have hundreds and thousands of neurons that are basically like looking into that forest of blinking on and off <coughs> fireflies. These are my neurons. that are communicating with each other, and that's what gives rise to every single experience that I have, every thought that I think, every feeling that I feel, every word that I say, every doubt that I doubt, every prophet that I mock. <laughs> It's all being done by this electronic brain of mine. And most of it, like the vast majority, 95% or more of it, I'm not aware of. But everything that I've ever come into contact with is there. I'm carrying it around in me. So that, that line that we have in the church about angels above us are silent notes taking? Well, my mind, my mind has been silent notes taking of everything in my environment since I was born it's all in there and so anytime I get some kind of inspiration or instinct or it seems to me like somebody from outside of me is whispering some hidden knowledge to me now I'm thinking that's my subconscious talking with me and I can see why people would say oh that's God that's talking to you or that's an angel or that's one of your spirit guides Oh, that's your higher self. That's your inner self. Whatever name or label you want to put on it, it makes sense to me that that would be my unconscious mind. And so to encourage people to <laughs> kneel down and ask for help to your Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus Christ, I mean, you're being a little prescriptive and restrictive on those names and labels there. But just, just going on and asking for help, I think is a way of trying to engage have this this little part this conscious part of the mind engage with the subconscious (coughs) part of the mind and get a little bit more in line and think of all of the things that i've ever experienced there's some kind of solution to my problems that's in there i'm going to go in and find it and it might be like finding uh, searching for a needle in a haystack (laughs) looking for something in your subconscious mind but i think asking for help is a way to do it and i did have an experience several years ago where my, my wife was sick. She was, she's my ex-wife now, sorry to say, but she was sick, and I was really scared for her. And there really wasn't anything that I could do. But I did kneel down, and I prayed, because I remembered all of the times as a kid where I would do that, and I would feel comfort. And I didn't do it thinking that I was going to make her better. <coughs> But, I did it as an experiment to see if those neural pathways that I had developed in my brain acted kind of like a <laughs> i'm going to throw a lost reference on here, you know when they were in the cages, and Sawyer figured out how to get the fish biscuit from you know like that that little uh pulling the lever and doing this, you know, there's a little contraption he had to do that. I, I created these neural pathways that if X, then Y, and oop, instead of out pops a fish biscuit, out <laughs> pops the sense of peace that I might call the Holy Ghost or something like that. I wanted to see if I could engage that. And I did. It worked. They're still in there. These dry riverbeds that I had cultivated in my youth. So I, I think that asking for help whether it's prayer, whether it's meditation, whether it's talking to other people, is really, really helpful. So, you know, why am I doing this? Why am I saying this? (laughs) I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted. Like, I, I hear so many people that were just so upset by what President Nelson said about lazy learners, and I get it. And it's so easy to mock it. It's so easy to put that out there and show where the, the inconsistencies are. It's easy to have Humpty Dumpty sit on a wall and have Humpty Dumpty have a great fall. But then all the king's horses and all the king's men, can anyone put Humpty together again? And that's what I'm trying to do with this. And maybe it's working, maybe it's not. But I, I'm serious when I say that I sustain <coughs> President Nelson because a, a very cool bishop of mine once told me when I was struggling... And I said, how do you sustain the brethren when you don't agree with them? He goes, well, you, you agree with the parts that you can agree with, and you hope that the parts that you don't agree with, they'll, they'll come around. Or, or something like that. Or, if, wherever they're wrong, wherever you see them being wrong, you, you hope that that'll be resolved one way or another. I thought, okay, well, by that definition, I can't sustain you. And I certainly, I really don't have any ill will towards this man. And I don't think he's a liar I'm sorry. I think he's wrong. I think he's mistaken. I think he's very honest in the way that he's approaching this. And I think he really, really cares about people. He really, really cares about the church members. And I think he's seen from his side, (coughs) the conflict, the pain that comes when people question and doubt and mock and ridicule the church and the damage that that causes on the side of the believers. And he wants to minimize that. He doesn't have the experience of being a non-believer. He doesn't have the experience of having his faith come crumbling down and not being able to just choose to ignore the things that you just can't ignore. So, yeah, I get it. And I appreciate (laughs) what he's doing. And uh, (laughs) he can think of me as a lazy learner if he wants to. He doesn't know me. And it doesn't matter one way or the other. So the last thing I want to say I want to acknowledge what's going on right now with Natasha Helfer (coughs) I don't know Natasha and I'd I'd like to get to know her I'd I'd like to reach out to her once all of this has settled down and and have a conversation with her it's it's been years that we've been circling each other (laughs) in certain ways her her doing her thing me doing mine in this space and um, I don't i don't know her and i don't I don't really know what she's going through at this time when uh, she's <laughs> most likely going to be excommunicated soon and I've read a lot of comments from people who once again are really hurt by this and and that what the church is doing is an act of violence and if you think about you know for them to really believe that they hold the power of your eternal salvation in the palm of their hands and they can just squeeze it and just like let it go. And sorry, no soup for you for eternity. That's it. A, that's a, a terrible act of violence. And and does the punishment fit the crime? How can you say we don't want to create more contention, but then go out and do things like that? It just, it doesn't make sense to me that, well, it does make sense to me. I know why they're doing it, but as I've been thinking about, if I could say anything to Natasha, who I don't know, and I don't know how she would rec- receive this at all, I think she knows that what, what they're doing doesn't really have that negative eternal impact. It's more about the, the way that it, it influences other people to vilify her in this life. And that sucks. But she's helped so many people. And nothing that the church can do is going to take that away. Like her her message, what what she's been saying to people for so many years, helping people feel more comfortable about their own bodies, about shame, about guilt, about sexuality. (laughs) They can't take that away. And... Natasha, you are a being of light. You, you, you were made in the stars. <laughs> all of the trillions of atoms inside of your body. If, if my eyes were filtered in ways that I could actually see <coughs> the atomic energy, you along with everybody else would just be these glistening, radiating beings of cosmic energy because we're all made out of these atoms, and these atoms are eternal, and they are the stuff of the universe. <coughs> There's no reason in my mind to believe that there's not deep, deep intelligence within each one of those atoms at the quantum level beyond anything that we can really even understand. And so for this church that we have studied and we can see the the myopic vision, for this church to say that they're going to do anything that's impacting your eternal nature is just laughable to me it's not even worth getting upset about and I'm not saying that to you I know you've got got reasons to feel attacked right now because you are but I just want to say I'm sorry that this is happening to you you are so much more and that goes out to every single one of you who's listening the Mormon church doesn't have any power over you The relationships that you have with believing family and friends, that doesn't have any power over you. You're in the driver's seat. And I'm quite certain if I sat down with you and talked to you about your life, it would become apparent pretty quickly that you're doing the best that you can with what you have. And it's not easy. And there are definitely consequences for swimming against the stream. And it's easy to look at those consequences to think, oh, I'm a victim. I don't have any power here. But that's not entirely the truth, is it? You have tremendous power. Tremendous power. And the Mormon Church didn't give it to you. And the Mormon Church can't take it away from you. And these things, I say, in the name of Gopher from Winnie the Pooh. Amen.
2: Our kind and gracious Heavenly Father, we're so thankful at the end of this conference that this conference is over. Oh, We are so thankful it's over. It was so long. At the end of the priesthood session last night, I was thinking, I can't believe that there are two more sessions to go. But we're thankful that we were able to Muscle through and sit still for the full ten hours. We're thankful that our our weekend has been completely consumed with listening to these these wonderful elderly gentlemen in their monotone voices and pre-prepared remarks. Please, bless us that our Facebook walls may be filled with beautiful landscape photos and superimposed text from some of the banalities spoken at this conference. Bless us that these quotes will protect our minds against the fiery darts of historical and scientific information that may threaten our fragile worldview. And please, bless us that our hashtags can be trending, trending ever higher to thy place, yea, even the throne of God. We say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. (coughs)
3: down the weapons that you use against yourself. You don't need them anymore.
1: Hey there, thanks for listening all the way to the end. Now, I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. I have more to say about this topic, and I'm going to do that with a follow-up behind-the-scenes sharing time episode on Patreon. So, if you're in a position where you can throw me a few dollars each month to support the work that I put into creating this podcast, please come and support me on Patreon, where you'll also get access to additional content. Did you know that I also create sharing time episodes that are available only to Patreon subscribers? I've been doing that for a few years, so there's a lot of content there that you can have access to. So please come and support this podcast if you can. I greatly
2: appreciate it.
0: Hi. This is Hillary, Matthew, Ryan, Carol, Ashley, and I like to play bingo online while listening to Infants on Thrones.
2: You can comment on this episode on the website, infantsonthrones.com. And
0: if you really like what you hear, give the quorum a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes. I did. I
1: did. I did. Anyone for the closing prayer?
3: My worst crime is an inside job. Dark thoughts taking over like an inside mob. I tune into the scene between the eyes. And take a breath Thank you for listening to Infants on front. Infants on front. I sit still and watch the thoughts flow past me Never mind the future, never mind what the past me I like to jump and let the universe catch me Three, four, watch the beauty blow past me I keep my pockets light, destination in sight Keep my actions elevated to compassionate heights I'm walking past the fight, laying down on such the night Choosing love when I pick up this